Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. Hi sis. Welcome to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose behind this podcast and online ministry is to help beautiful women like yourself know, love, and live God's truth. Not only will this be a space of truthful, faith-filled talks, it will also be a place where we let God's word speak for itself because God's truth speaks. My name is Tara, and I'm your host, but you can call me your sister. Join me each week as we talk about the truth of God's Word and how it can ignite us with purpose. We'll talk about God's Word, how we're called to live, challenging topics, and grow in faith together. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to encourage and equip our hearts. Let's be women who love His truth, live His truth, and spread His truth. Hey you, welcome back to another episode of Truth Talks with Tara. Thank you for tuning in wherever you are tuning in today. I am pumped to be able to sit down and do a marriage Q&A of sorts. Last week's episode was an episode on dating, which I think is so fun that they are back to back and we're going to talk about relationships. I have had so many sweet messages asking to do a Q&A about marriage and just our marriage and then just marriage things in general, what God has to say about it and all those good things, questions like what does God say about the gender roles, how have Michael and I been adjusting to marriage, how to know if he's the one, all those good things you guys asked. So I am pumped to be able to sit down and talk with you today. No matter where you're at in your relationship status, I hope we can have a really fun big sister chat and just talk about what God thinks about marriage and just get honest about how Michael and I have been doing in our first month of marriage. So over on Instagram, I shared a little mini series of our wedding and details of like my dress, Michael and I's first look, elements of the day. We do have a wedding video coming soon and I will make sure to let you know when that goes live. We just think it's so sweet that we have such a community in you, friendship with you, and we want to be able to include you in our day and how it all went. So make sure to go check that out and Miss Tara Sun on my personal Instagram account if you'd like to tune in and just see little snippets of the day. But it has officially been a month 
been almost a week of marriage, and so we are just loving every single minute, but as we will get into in some of these questions, marriage can be tough and even just beginning, you can find yourself adjusting and um, just coming up against a lot of different things that you never had to deal with before you got married. So we're going to get real and honest and we're going to answer some questions about marriage, what God says about it and our personal lives. So without further ado, let's get into your awesome questions. Okay, so one of the first questions comes from a sweet friend. Her name is Brittany, and she asked, newlywed here, how do you balance two new schedules? Honestly, it wasn't until this last week or so that we really kind of came face to face with this issue. Not necessarily just an issue, but just having to balance two different schedules. What's tough is that, um, and what's beautiful, is that Michael and I both work from home. He's a real estate broker and I, you know, do this ministry thing full time. So it's been a little bit tough because since we both work from home, we could easily spend all of our days just hanging out, talking, watching movies, you know, just loving on each other. But we also have to find the space to adjust to our new schedules of work, get back into that rhythm, and also, you know, just do our individual things. And so this week we've just had to really figure out what our different schedules look like. And what's really worked for us is to um, like share a calendar. We share a calendar on our phones together and we add events and that way we can keep up with each other's events. And if we have a meeting, if I'm recording a podcast episode, he'll know since we live together and are working around the same area. And so that's been really helpful for us. Another thing too is just kind of having like a sit down either at the beginning or the end of the week and just talking about what what is to come in the next week. So maybe you do this on a Saturday night or a Sunday night and you talk about, okay, this is all the events and appointments and things that I have going on this week. What do you have going on this week? Coordinate what you have. And then that's an easier way to understand what your guys' schedules look like. And that way you can mesh. And then also that way you guys can find time to connect with one another and to spend quality time with each other. Because yes, after the honeymoon, we had to figure out how to adjust back to normal life, but it's still really important, obviously, to prioritize each other and Um, just spending that quality time with each other. So that's really, really helped us to balance each other's schedules and also just to make sure I know this is not the funnest thing to do, but just to make sure you're asking one another if it's all right to do a certain event or if it's overlapping with something, it sounds like you're asking permission, which it almost sounds like you're a little kid and you're asking for your parents again for permission. But at the same time, you have to be considerate of one another's schedules. And so, you know, we've had to ask each other, is it okay if so-and-so comes over? Is it okay if I go do this? And um, I I think most of the time you'll see this play out in your own relationship that it's totally fine as long as you communicate that that has been super key for us the next few questions come from a sweet follower and friend named Alyssa or Elisa and she asked how do you prepare your heart for marriage so I'm going to briefly cover this and I'm just going to say that we have an episode coming up soon about this very topic we talk about all about how to prepare your heart for marriage and it's going to be with an amazing guest. So I'm just going to plug that right there and I move on to the next question. But just keep your eyes and ears open. Subscribe. Follow the podcast so that you can be the first one to hear when it launches very soon. I cannot wait. Um, next question from this lovely friend is what is the best and hardest thing about marriage? Honestly, we've only been married for a month, and so I'm excited to see how my answer continues to expand and to grow as I learn more about marriage. Again, I'm a, I'm a big novice. I'm a newlywed over here, but 
So far, my favorite thing about marriage has obviously been getting to serve God together as husband and wife, as we're called to do. And it's just so cool to be able to do that with someone else, someone that you're with and you know so deeply. And the cool thing I've been learning too is that it's not necessarily just serving God does it not necessarily have to be in the church setting on a Sunday morning, but it can be in the day-to-day and how you work and how you serve one another, how you love one another. And it's really, really sweet to be able to do that day in and day out with someone and also just get to be with the person you love every single day getting to communicate, getting to grow and learn from each other. And I just think it's so fun to be able to take care of and to love on Michael as the wife. It's just been such a blessing. I've been way more tired than I have been in a while. I mean, I'm usually a pretty busy bee, but it's been tiring, but so beautiful to be able to do that. The hardest thing I would probably have to say is just laying your life down and laying your pride and your wants and your desires down for the other person because God calls us to love one another, to lay down our lives for one another. And as wives, we're called to respect and submit and to serve our husbands in a way that glorifies God. And as husbands, they're called to love us and to protect us and to care for us and to champion us. And so it's tough to lay down what you want and your pride and your opinions and defer to the other one. And that's what marriage and relationship is supposed to be about. It's no longer about you. It's about both of you and laying your life and your rights down for someone else. I also feel like making decisions is really can be really difficult as a married couple I think it can be hard even in any relationship but when you get married it's a whole nother level and so I feel like another hard aspect is making decisions together realizing that's no longer just about you when you're single or when you're dating you know you're still living with your parents or under that headship of your father you can make decisions basically on your own and it's pretty easy right and you don't really have to ask someone especially when you're an adult but when you get married it's a whole new level where you have to interact with another person respect that person enough to make decisions together because it's no longer just you it's the two of you and it's the way that God really wanted you to be joined when he united the two of you and yoked the two of you together so that's probably the hardest things but I think that's hard for us to do as people in general I got the next question a few times from multiple different people, and that was, how do you know if he is the one? I think that's the biggest question that we all ask as women, as even just as men when we're dating, especially in the Christian circles. We want to date with intentionality. We want to date so honoring the Lord where we can date someone and see the potential of a future where we marry them and like we just talked about in the last episode an honest chat about dating it is beautiful the motivation that we should be dating is to potentially marry that person this doesn't always mean that we will because God teaches us so many different things through different relationships and he has a providential sovereign plan over every relationship romantic relationship and whatnot but It should be our heartbeat as Christians to have that in the back of our mind, right? To be dating as a potential and not just mess around, but a potential to marry someone. And so how do we know if that person is the one? 
I don't think that there is an exact scripture in the Bible except for this one. You know, the one that we talked about in the last episode, that God calls us to be equally yoked with our spouse. Remember we talked about that equally yoked means that you are joined together where you are running your race at the same pace, that you both love and honor the Lord as your Savior first and foremost. And so that is the big qualification, most of all, that that your spouse, your future spouse, would love and honor the Lord for themselves in a personal relationship. Relationship. And so that is the big qualification and characteristic, if you will, that you should be looking for, that we should be looking for in a future spouse. And so that is a big key in finding the one, meaning the one that you would marry. But I think we get caught up a lot of times in the one when, and just trying to find out and just search and dig and find out, is he the one? Is he the one? But I'm going to give you a few nuggets from the word. We are called to do few things and that's not even this is not even just to find the one that you'll marry but just in life as a believer and those few things are to pray because not only do prayers commune our hearts and connect our hearts with the heavenly father it also gives us wisdom and discernment from his heart it gives us an opportunity to ask him of things and it's also a beautiful way to show our dependence on god and so if we're not praying and if we're not in communication with him We won't find those answers. We won't find that communication, that wisdom, that discernment that we need. So we need to be praying to find the one because God will show us whether that's through his audible voice or through um, just other conversations with people, through signs in your life. And then also number two, to be in the word, to be diligently growing your faith and getting closer to the heart of the Lord, the heart of the Father, not so that you can find a romantic relationship, but so that you can grow yourself in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, like Paul says in his letters, in his letters in the New Testament. And another thing that really helps us determine whether the person that we are dating or the person that we will someday date is the one for us that God has for us is to also seek counsel and mentorship from other people, from other strong Christians. That is the key. When we talk about other people, we're not talking about your friends who don't know the Lord, but we're talking about your friends and your counselors and your mentors that know the Lord and have a solid relationship with them because they have been given the gift of discernment and wisdom. And that can really shed light onto your relationships as well. And so I would just encourage you to take the pressure off of constantly striving to find the one and analyzing, but just to put your life and your relationship status in the hands of your heavenly father, to pray, to read the word, to seek counsel and wait upon the Lord because there is nothing that God wants you to do in this life that he will not make clear. I want you to hear that again. If you need to rewind it, rewind it sweet friend. God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. Like Second Peter 1 says, sometimes we need to wait. Most of the times we need to wait. There are so many verses in God's word that tell us about the value of patience and waiting and trusting in the Lord. If anything, it grows our dependence on God. And so the more we're dependent on God, the more we can trust him and hear from him. And then he will make our paths straight like Proverbs 3 tells us. And that path also includes your future husband your future potential in finding the one so i pray that encourages you i know this is a question that we all have 
Another sweet friend asked this question and it is, have y'all had any disagreements? And I would be lying to say no. <laughs> I would be lying to say that we have not had any disagreements. We definitely have. We have gotten short with each other. We have, you know, lost our tempers. We are not really the people that yell or that simmer or do any of those things, but we definitely do miscommunicate. We do argue. We do disagree on certain things. And so that's just something that happens in relationships and it's been hard thankfully we've really been blessed to have a solid foundation in the lord but it can be really hard to lay down what you think is right and your opinions and what you want to do and be considerate of someone else really that's what it comes down to is being considerate of your spouse and so i've been challenged at least i don't know about michael i'm sure i can say this about him too i've been challenged to be considerate about what he's feeling where he's coming from why he may have that opinion or why we may be disagreeing and then sometimes we have have to walk away we have to pray we have to give a few moments but then come back and make sure we come to resolu resolution excuse me I know that it can be easy to walk away especially when you're living with each other it's like I'm just gonna go for a drive I'm gonna walk away but also at the same time you are living with one another when you're married and so it gives a really cool opportunity to be able to not let things fester which is really 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 important is to not let that anger and bitterness just bubble up inside you that's exactly what the enemy wants he wants to create that stronghold so that you guys create dissension and disunity because Satan hates seeing two believers on fire. It's just two believers that are striving to know and love and live and serve God that are together and that are unified and that have a healthy marriage because marriage is from God and this Christian marriage is a glorification of God. And so the devil wants to do anything and he will try to let dis disagreements and discouragement and frustration get in the way. So we definitely have. It's just learning how to handle it and uh, just to glorify God in it. Sarah is our next lovely question asker, I guess you would say. <laughs> she asked, please explain gender roles in dating and marriage and how to develop those roles. So this is an amazing question. I love that we're talking about the nitty gritty. So when we're talking about gender roles, I think she means like how we're supposed to act and react and live as men and then as women in the dating marriage roles that God has given us in that setting. And so I just honor that question. I love that your heart is seeking to understand this. So first of all, I do believe that the roles are a little bit different when we're dating and then when we're married. So not necessarily, I guess I'll backtrack. It's not like they're different. It's just that they don't reach their full potential or full urgency until we're married, if that makes sense. I used to put this standard and this pressure on guys that I would date and just think that they had to be the spiritual head already when we were dating. But here's the reality. God called the husband, we see it over and over in Paul's letters in the New Testament, that God calls the husband to have the role of spiritual headship and authority over the wife. It's not in dating. Again, dating's a man-made system, but it wasn't it wasn't even when they were just courting or just talking. The spiritual headship and authority came over and was given by God to the man when they were married. And so obviously in dating, we can't have that same expectation. Yes, I do believe that when we are in a Christian dating relationship that as um 
as our boyfriends are growing, that we should be encouraging them and they should be praying and working towards being that spiritual head someday in marriage, but they won't necessarily be your spiritual head until you get married to that person someday. What blows my mind is that before I was married to Michael, even though I was dating Michael and that it was exclusively his and all of those things, I was under the spiritual authority and headship of my dad. I had been under his spiritual head until the moment that we were married. God transferred that authority when we got married because of those passages in the Bible that says, and man will leave his father and mother and he will cleave to his wife. And there is almost, my pastor likes to put it this way, there's almost a supernatural, spiritual, God-given transfer of authority when God proclaims you married, when he proclaims you married at that altar, the husband is now, or the boyfriend is now the husband and the husband has those responsibilities. And so I would just say that the roles in marriage is for the husband to be the spiritual head and authority. And so here's the thing. When they talk about spiritual head, they're saying that he, the husband, has been given the authority by God. Again, the emphasis is the emphasis is on by God to be the leader of the home. And this doesn't mean that he is a domineering, abusive, um, very legalistic, uh, just very like egomaniac kind of leader or tyrant. This means a husband is a gentle leader in Christ. He has responsibility over the head by God because think about it, marriage is a picture of God's relationship with us. And so we would never domineer over God the same way that God calls women to not be in that way over their husbands. I think we get really messed up on this topic because we think that women can't do anything because they are under the spiritual headship of the husband. But here's where it differs. Husbands are called to be the head and to love and care and honor for their bride and make sure that she is spotless, as Paul says, before the coming of Jesus Christ. That's a huge, huge, huge responsibility. And as women, as wives in the relationship, we're called to respect and to love and to take care of our husbands and our future families and so those in its essence from Paul's letters is what the gender roles are in marriage and we can dive straight into that in another episode I am planning on doing an episode on biblical womanhood and femininity and is feminism biblical and all of those things so we can dive into more of the women's roles there but I would just say that those are the roles and how can we cultivate them how can we develop those roles the biggest thing while you're dating or even while you're engaged and even when you're married too it's just to continue to pray for one another, to continue to pray that God would develop these roles, these characteristics, this heart in your boyfriend that wants to be this leader and develop a heart in you that wants to be this beautiful Proverbs 31 wife. And just pray for that spiritual transformation in your life. Plug into your personal relationship with God because sweet sister, the more that you're on fire and the more you know and you're connected to the Lord on a personal level, the more it is going to pour out into your relationship into your future marriages, into your future like children and families down the road. So just pouring into that way and then also gleaning from other wives and women. I love getting to learn from my mom and just see her example from my mother-in-law and just getting to see these beautiful examples of wives and um, just learn from other married couples that love the Lord and have been doing the whole thing for a long time. So that is how I would encourage you in that. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. The next question comes from Kirsten and she asked, what's your favorite thing about being married so far? There are so many things. It has been so fun. I mean, obviously Michael and I have been together for so long, but it's been so beautiful to see how things have changed in marriage. A couple of my favorite things, just to name a few off the top of my head. Um, the first one is just getting to be with each other every single day. It sounds silly and not super like spiritual or biblical, but we just got so sad and tired of having to leave each other's houses or say goodbye and it's been so beautiful just to do every day together even if we're busy even if we have a big schedule being able to encourage one another to serve one another um, and just be in each other's presence it's such a gift when you love someone so much where you want to be with them all the time I also just love getting to serve with him again serve the Lord in community in church just in every day and get to learn how I can also serve him more it's been so such a unique journey of learning to love him more and the ways that he loves to be loved with his love languages knowing that it's also a representation of me loving God and how I love Michael is also a reflection on how I love God and vice versa and so it's been such a sweet opportunity to live that out next my sweet friend and follower Jesse asked have you had to change your daily routine now that you're married I love this question I also love routines I'm very type a where are my type a friends at raise your hand <laughs> I feel like I'm finally at that point where I'm adjusting to a new routine. Um, I definitely didn't think that it would change. My routine would change a lot when I got married, but I was definitely wrong. You have to adjust to two different schedules like we talked about earlier. And so let me quickly run down with what my morning used to look like. So I used to get up like very early and, you know, make my coffee, make my breakfast, go climb back into bed, do my Bible time, you know, connect with you guys and then start my day and work all day all day and I literally had to put some boundaries on because I was working a little too much but then I would you know go have dinner and then work out and then go to bed so that was just you know maybe hang out with friends sprinkle that in every you know every so often during a week but now the routine looks a little different so I go to bed around the same time but honestly I have found myself going to bed just a little bit later because Michael is a 
is a night owl. So I like to stay up a little bit later now just because I like to be with him, but I still definitely need my sleep. So I go to bed and then I get up around seven now, which I used to get up at like six or 6.30. So maybe a little bit later than usual. And I get up and I do my coffee. Michael's still in bed. He likes to sleep in, um, but I'd like to eat my coffee and my breakfast. I eat out by our pellet stove and then I do my Bible time either here in my office or out in the living room. Not in my bed anymore, which is a little bit of a bummer, but Michael's there, so I just don't want to interrupt him. But And then I get to uh, getting ready for the day. I do laundry or do dishes, you know, clean up like that. And then I get to work. But the thing that's changed the most with my routine is that I more work in blocks instead of steady chunks of time because I have to do things like wife or I get to do things like wife, which I am very thankful to. So meal prep, um, sweep, laundry, you know, clean, do all of those things. And so that has to take up pockets of my time. So I'll work from like nine to 11 or 12 and then take a lunch break and then do some house chores and then I'll work for another couple hours and then I'll prep dinner and I'll work for another couple hours and I'll do dinner and then at that point I need to check out. So I am not working quite as much as I used to obviously but I still feel like I'm able to have a good handle on what I'm doing which is good and um, I really thank God because my schedule had to change a lot over the last eight eight months or so with wedding planning and things. And I just remember God telling me when I first got engaged that my schedule is about to change for the better. And so I'm thankful that he prepared my heart because it's definitely not easy for this girl to change her schedule and her routine. So that's probably the biggest ways things have changed over here, but I'm loving every minute. I'm tired, but I'm loving every minute. Okay, so one of my really, really good friends, best friends, Claire, asked this next question, and it's a funny one, and it's the, what is the most surprising thing that you've learned about Michael now that you're living together? I thought this was hilarious. Um, there's a ton of little things, but I won't expose him. This one's just funny, so I'm going to share with you. Um, I have just been dying laughing because we got this little handheld, little like handheld vacuum thing. It's like, you can charge it on this little dock and it plugs in, but it's perfect for like picking up crumbs if you're sweeping up, right? Or like getting other things. He is obsessed with that thing. And the reason why is because I shed a lot of hair. I mean, I think we as girls do just a lot. So I shed a lot of hair. And what surprised me is that he uses that thing all the time to clean up. He uses that to clean up my hair all over the place, to clean up our bathroom floor with my hair. Oh my gosh, I didn't think that he liked cleaning up that much, but that little handheld vacuum is his favorite thing. <laughs> so ladies, if you need your significant other or your brother or your dad or someone or your husband to get more into cleaning, get him one of those little handheld vacuums from Amazon. That just cracks me up and that surprised me that he was so like intense about cleaning it up. I can't complain, but it's just funny. <laughs> Ooh, this question is really, really good, friends. I had to take a moment and just kind of pause and think about my thoughts and how I would answer this one. But the question is, are there any things you are grateful for or regret when you were dating now that you're married? And so this is a really interesting kind of retrospective, reflective question to think about. And the first thing that came to my mind, obviously, there's a few things, but the first one that came to my mind that I am so thankful for, and Michael included, both of us, coming from both of our hearts, is that... That we waited until we were married to have sex. It was such a beautiful and hard promise to keep both to ourselves and to, you know, to God first and foremost. It was hard. 
anyone that tells you it's not hard is lying. (laughs) It's really, really hard to wait. And there's this urgency because God created us as these beings to want to have intimacy, especially physically. We, our bodies crave that. It's the way he created us, but it's just how are we going to, um, if this sounds weird, but how are we going to funnel that energy? How are we going to funnel that desire and, um, just nurture it until we are married, until we save that beautiful gift for what it's meant to be. And that's marriage. And so obviously right off the bat, we are so grateful that we waited and not only just because it's something that God asked us to do but because it really was such a pure and lovely thing just to save for one person that you love and that you're going to spend the rest of your life for it was also beautiful to be able to keep that promise to God and to ourselves and to present ourselves blameless and and just pure disclaimer if you have not been able to wait and you have had sex before you've been married but you have a repentant heart for the lord i want to tell you that that your slate is wiped clean that god looks at you and he sees someone redeemed and renewed because of what his son did for you on the cross so i just want to encourage you in that and if you find yourself in this place to get rid of shame and to just present yourself blameless to God and keep living and walking in that way. Whether you're in a relationship right now and you're striving for purity or you are waiting for one, to keep fighting for that purity, to keep fighting for that beautiful gift because God has the best plans for us in mind. He does not want to hold us and just hold us back from pleasure and what we were created, like what our bodies crave, but he created us to have this beautiful intimacy that cannot be taken from you, that cannot be spoiled by a one night stand or or spoiled by a heartbreak of a loser boy but of a beautiful marriage and so that's something that we are obviously so grateful for Another random thing that I was just thinking of when I was reflecting on this question is that I am so grateful that Michael and I really poured into in this last year, um, just making other couple friends, whether that be couples that are in the same season of engagement, of dating, and those that are married too. We have amazing single friends and we love pouring into their lives and getting to be around them. But we also loved that, I mean, it really wasn't us. God really brought a lot of amazing people into our lives, but through our initiative too, and being like, I would love to get to know other married couples and engaged couples because of the season that we are in. Um, It's just been so cool to be able to see how God has connected us through churches, through work, through other acquaintances and people that are in the same season. It's just, I know that there's so much to learn from so many different friends and different relationships and ages, but there's something so awesome about walking the same season with someone else and encouraging one another. I've made amazing friends that are engaged in the same season or young wives and just being able to hear from their experiences is so encouraging. And I'm going to say one thing that I do regret, this could be a whole podcast episode and I would love to make it one on the theme of patience because that's been such a big part of my story and I'm sure it has been a big part of your story too and will continue to be. It is not an easy fruit of the spirit to come by. Um, But now as I've reflected, I really regret not being more patient and not being more trusting in God over the timeline of my relationship status. Sweet friends, I look back and I see the years that I dated Michael. I loved the years that we dated. I loved every second. But I also, a lot of those seconds, a lot of those moments were filled with impatience and frustration and dissatisfaction in God because I wasn't getting what I wanted because I wanted to be married, you know, years ago and God didn't say yes and God didn't open the door and he didn't pull the plug and he didn't you know flip the switch on it and so 
I spent a lot of my my months and my days of feeling frustrated and impatient. When I look back now and I see what God did in those last years and I see and I trust what he's going to do and I see his promises fulfilled and the way that he provides and I don't know why I ever think or thought that I could do better, that my timeline was better and so that's something I regret. I obviously have to move forward and thank God for where he's taken me. We cannot live in that regret or that shame or you know the sins that hold us back in our lives but I do to some extent just wish I was more patient but it just kind of encouraged me encourages me excuse me I'm getting too excited and fumbling over my words it just encourages me to be more patient in the future with other things that God has for our lives the next question comes from Obs. pretty sure her name is Aubrey she asked um what scripture was used in your ceremony to keep God at the center of your ceremony so our marriage ceremony what scriptures were used we used in um, the pastor's message we had two different pastors one from my home church and one from Michael's home church that performed the ceremony which was so sweet to us a lot of the verses and passages came from Ephesians which is one of my favorite books ever in the Bible but also it just has so many nuggets about the different roles of husbands and wives and God's design for love and so it's such a beautiful passage there's also a lot in 1 Corinthians and then obviously some cool um, verses and chapters about the origin of marriage and the leaving and cleaving that you can find in Genesis. She also asked, what are some of your favorite books or devotionals or conversational type books for marriage or preparing your heart for marriage and so I actually have an Amazon storefront where I link a lot of my books and I have a ton of books on marriage in there so I will link that in the show notes in the episode notes for you but here are a couple off the top of my head here are some books that I love the first one is The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller it is so so good whether or not you've grown up in the church or not I grew up in the church and I thought I had everything figured out about marriage (laughs) That's so silly of me, Tara. That's so silly of you, Tara. Um, But it's such a powerful book that breaks down the meaning of marriage and just so much that just scripture tells us that maybe we overlooked and the depth and the why of marriage and the purpose of marriage is one of those books that you like you really have to take time to read and digest and not like read while you're distracted but it's so full of nuggets another amazing book is called the sacred search by gary thomas that one is a very popular but very 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 good book a couple other resources i love are these kind of devotional slash conversational books by jefferson and Alyssa bethke jefferson bethke is one of my favorite authors he wrote to hell with the hustle which is an amazing book about just stopping the hustle of our culture and truly resting and finding our identity and our purpose in christ that's an amazing one but they have a couple like marriage theme books and a couple of them are called love that lasts and they are very like engaging you can write in them you can have conversations with your spouse or your spouse to be and so those are really really awesome ones too i would also not be doing you a service i would be doing you a disservice if i did not share my favorite Bible studies ever, which you can do with your boyfriend, which you can do with your friends, which you can do with your husband, but for the sake for your relationships from the Daily Grace Co. Again, I will leave a link below so you can check out their Bible studies. They have a lot for women, but they also have a lot where they do like sets in a way where one is for him and one is for her. And so for example, there's one on Colossians that Michael and I have. So there's a Colossians for him and a Colossians for her. The content is the same, but they have a different kind of style and there's different questions that apply to the man and to the woman and so it's really cool to be able to have different books but also on the same topic so you can do them together and so those are amazing things you can do at any point in your relationship 
As we wrap up this episode, I want to finish on the last couple ones. And this one is from Bianca. And she asked, how should you get past each other's past mistakes before getting married? I think this is a really important question to consider. And I am so proud of you for your bravery to ask and even bravery to consider this because it is a really big deal to be able to have honesty and clarity and communication and repentance and forgiveness before moving on to something so big as marriage. There's a lot of things that you will have to work out with one another in a deeper relationship and engagement in marriage, but it's really, really big of people of you as someone in a relationship in a dating relationship to even consider this before getting married because you want to start out on the right foot which is so beautiful so I would just encourage you guys to have communication with one another to have gracious communication meaning communication that listens that respects one another that does not judge one another I think the biggest thing we need to look for is a potential spouse the person that you were dating someone that has a soft heart to the Lord and a soft heart that has repented from those past mistakes from those past ways and one that has dedicated their life back to God and back to following him and is no longer chained down by those struggles I know there are things that we're going to struggle with hand in hand there are still things that I struggle with today and Michael is helping me through it and vice versa but just seeing that person has a repentant heart from those past mistakes and it can be so hard I'm sure it can be so hard to hear some of the past mistakes that has that has happened in other relationships with your partner but just to remember and look and see for that fruit and that evidence of a heart that's changed by God and a heart that's been repented of their sins and trust that God is working in that heart trust that the Holy Spirit is transforming him and being his guide and also just pray pray that that person that heart would want an ache to follow God and just to continue on that straight path that God has for him and so just clear communication more than anything to help each other just work through past mistakes and then also a deep commitment and a promise to one another that you're going to try your hardest to make sure that you don't fall back into those things and we have to accept one another with grace realizing that we're all people who have fallen short of the glory of God but that's where we give grace to one another and we love one another because we first been given grace and been given love by God just so cool. Alrighty, the last question I'm going to end us on is a, is a doozy. It's a really good one, but I think we need to talk about it. And that is Christian girls are taught abstinence all of our lives. We as Christian girls are taught abstinence all of our lives. How do we switch and adjust once we're married? Oh girl, that is a good one. So when this sweet friend says abstinence, she means not having sex before marriage, not having any sexual intimacy or experience before marriage. And so yes, a lot of us grow up in this culture where we are taught that we're not supposed to have sex before marriage, which yes, that is a biblical command. It is a biblical standard that we are called to. But I think sometimes we go too far in one direction and we think, you know, or we're taught to not have it sex is bad you know be abstinent don't think about sex it's gross don't do it and then once we get to being engaged or have a dating relationship or we get married and we see that um on the horizon we see that coming in marriage we think oh gosh I'm scared what do I do now I have been taught to think this way my whole life and now we're here and now I'm about to have the experience and it just leaves a strange anxious kind of maybe even scared sensation in our minds and so 
this is an amazing question to think about. I have to be super honest. Um, I was think I was feeling the same way before too. I was wondering, okay, I've taught, I've been taught my whole life that I'm not supposed to do this and I need to stay away from it and avoid the temptation. But then I would ask myself, but doesn't God say that sexual intimacy is beautiful within marriage? Where's the beauty? Why don't we talk about the beauty? I get why we as a church don't talk about the beauty around those who are dating or those who are not in a relationship because we don't want to emphasize how beautiful it is to make people want and go out and do it. But I think we need to learn first and foremost, we need to teach people that sexual intimacy is a beautiful gift from God meant to be enjoyed in the covenant of marriage, not to be stifling and not to prohibit us but actually give us freedom and the more pleasure and enjoyment and security than we could have ever imagined outside of marriage and so I would just encourage you you know as you're in a dating relationship or you're not in a dating relationship whatever stage you're at right now even if you're engaged switching that mindset from being abstinent and you know sex is bad and all of these things and to adjust your mind, I would just encourage you to go talk to a mentor, to have a conversation, someone that's married, an older woman who is married and has walked through the same things as you. Read some amazing books. There are some amazing books that I'll also link in my Amazon storefront that will teach you about the beauty of marriage and all that has to do with that to prepare your heart for what it's supposed to really be like. Take your fears to the foot of the cross and confront them with Jesus Ask him to break down every wall and misconception you may have about sexual intimacy, every fear you may have, and ask him to show you what it's truly supposed to be within this beautiful covenant of marriage. And then also, I think we need to make sure that we're dwelling on what marriage and what sexual intimacy is supposed to be instead of what the world says it's supposed to be. When we dwell on what the world says it is or what the world says we should do about it or when we should do it, we're going to have the skewed perspective. But when we look at it and see from what God says in his word, which is the best resource on it, when we look at what God says in the word, we will have the most like free and exciting perspective about it. I don't think there's anything wrong with while you're single or while you're dating, holding to your guns, holding to your beliefs that sex is not meant to be a part of your dating or your single life until you get to be married, until you get to join in that beautiful covenant from God that he graciously gives you. It's so good to hold to your guns on that hold to your standards hold to that while you're in a relationship and make sure that you are staying strong and you're self-controlled but I also think that it's okay to see it as it is and to look forward to it as a part of marriage again not idolizing it but to look forward and see how God explains it because God never meant it to be a dirty you know horrible thing that's what the world did that's what we do when shame gets the control that's what happens when we don't follow what God God says and what God really wants us to do with it and keep it within the covenant of marriage. And so just have a proper perspective by digging into the word and then also don't be afraid to ask other people and to get encouragement and have some prayer. Oh, sweet friend. Thank you so much for having an amazing conversation with me about marriage and what God says about it, intimacy, how Michael and I are doing in our personal lives. I hope you enjoyed this Q&A. There were so many other questions. I wish I could get to them all, but we will have to do this again. I am so blessed to be able to have this open conversation about all things God, all things the word, all things that we walk through as Christian women. And I'm so thankful for your heart. I hear and see your heart all the time online and 
interactions, on your ratings and reviews, and it encourages me. Yes, it encourages me to know that you are chasing God wholeheartedly and you want to follow him. That's why you ask these questions and that's why you're here. I love getting to see your hunger for God, so don't stop. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to take a screenshot and share it to your stories. It would be such an encouragement to me. It's our sweet way of partnering hand in hand and getting to share this podcast with more people who might want to join the fam and subscribe. So that would be such an honor. Please make sure if you're listening to Apple Podcasts to also leave a rating on the stars and write a review. It can be however long you want. Just share your thoughts on the podcast and how it has maybe encouraged you, how God has used it in your life. There are so many many other podcasts in this world and there are not very many that are speaking biblical truth and so if you believe that is what this podcast is doing for you it would be amazing to write a rating and leave a review and do all of those things so that we can help get up in the charts and get more ears on this podcast again to god be the glory i appreciate you so much friend and i cannot wait to talk to you in the next episode have a wonderful day